0: Welcome to
1: Dungeon Talk.
0: Higher level learning for your tabletop
1: game. And now, here's Evan and
2: Michael. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. And Michael. And Nico. And this is Dungeon Talk episode 25. 25. On today's episode, our topics will be fate. We're going to talk some more about fate, uh, what we did with it tonight, a little bit of character creation, and not really sure how to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's more Our other table topic is going to be how to deal with a group of players who all want different things, which is kind of like their character concepts, the way they're playing them. Um, Should there be a leader to the group? Shouldn't there be a leader to the group? And the way I kind of want to talk about it is how you should deal with it as a player, not so much as a DM perspective, but the other players sitting at the table. How should you deal with it? Um, We've got two questions for Mailbag. What to do with a player who is not playing the character concept that he built? And then if we have time, we'll get to the second one, which is what do we think about reusing character concepts? So I do want to start off with a couple little uh, odds and ends.
1: Uh, We've had two new questions come in to the podcast email just in the last couple days. Also, the the Facebook thing, I can't say that it's like exploding, but it's actually going really well. And I want to give Caleb another shout out for doing Motivational Mondays now. So that last couple Mondays, he's just put like little prompts or things about the games that try to get people talking about it. And then uh, just kind of keeping that going. Uh, several people we've got, you know, I think we're up to 16 or 17 likes, which still isn't a lot, but it's up from one. Um, so very excited about that. Uh, and then we also got a, just a, a glowing review on iTunes, another five star review, which I think Evan made actually made you uncomfortable. <laughs> it's got to be fake.
2: It's got to be fake. Well, I just don't technically. Like, they're all I think fake. It's it's odd to read. It uh, it's a little weird for me to be reading, like con. It's all been compliments. You don't like to be told you're been, doing well. Like, I, it's a stupid you, you weird thing. It's a stupid weird thing, but I think that it feels odd to have people sending you comments and emails like, Hey, you're doing a great job. We not tooting our horn, but we do, we have been getting emails and they've been a thank, thankfully they've been a consistent, positive. We've had consistent, positive reviews and positive emails and we're, and we're getting email questions and, it still feels a little weird to me. It's it's just, the whole thing is odd.
1: So the next person that sends us it's an, uncomfortable an, an iTunes review, give us five stars, tell me that I do great, but say that Evan's really dragging things down, <laughs> and, and that without him it would be six stars. I
2: love doing this, I, and I, I, you know, enjoy doing this, but... The feedback is a little weird. See, I'm the other way. I, I crave,
1: I, I check iTunes probably three times a day to see if somebody else has added an iTunes review. As soon as I see one, I read it, I forward it to you. I'm like all excited about it. And you're like, Makes me uncomfortable, so whatever. <laughs> I delete it <them> right away. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited about the activity and the communication coming from the fans and uh, just. Oh, can I, I throw I, my that, that does sound weird, though. I say I, do, I think I sound like kind of like a pretentious asshole when I say fans, but I do appreciate the, the listeners. Listeners, listeners that are that are communicating with us, asking questions, and that kind of
2: stuff. Can I throw my Twitter out there? Sure. I'm trying to get it started. It's at ee Robison. So that's e is an echo, echo. Echo, Romeo, Oscar, Bravo, India, Sierra, Oscar, Nevada. <laughs> I, could,
0: I couldn't remember. It's M. November, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's at. Oh, November. That's right. At E E Robinson. Fantastic. I wanted to get. Wanted How to many get that E's? In there. Two
1: or three's. Two, two or three. Two E's, because it sounded like three when you read yeah, it. Off, I said, I was like, girl, at e. E. e e Robinson.
2: <laughs> at E E Robinson. Gotcha. And
1: then the last thing is with the, with the contest or with the sort of thing we're doing with the questions is that we're now up to 12. I went through today and wrote them all down and made sure I had them all. And I am including questions that came through Twitter and I am including questions that came through Facebook now and as, well, as, well, as well as the forums.
0: And email, right?
1: And the email, which that's still primarily the way I like to get them because it's easy for me to file them. It's just a Michael thing. But we have 12 different people. We've had more than 12 questions, but we've had 12 different people send us questions. So we need eight more, and then we'll be able to roll our D20 and have some kind of swag. Let's get those eight. Let's get those eight, people. Millions but of dollars. We're, we're passing
2: it, We're passing out <laughs> keys. If your key starts the car, you, you win, win the car. The key. <laughs> we still get the car. You win the key. <laughs> you win the key.
1: <laughs> but I do I want to say, though, is that even though we haven't had a whole lot of questions, all the questions have been good. Like, there haven't been mm-hmm. any filler, like, well, just let me get my name in the hat type thing. Like, hey, what's mm-hmm. your favorite version of D&D or something? I mean, they're all – Good questions that are real, which would see, be easier to answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, th- I do appreciate that people are sending us questions that I can, I can see people struggling with, and I don't know that we necessarily answer that
2: for them. But at least hearing someone else talk through the same process might help them. I think. I don't know if what we offer is always an answer, but I think it just. May be helpful to just hear other people rambling it's, about it's the same of, things that you're thinking about. It's points
0: of perspective, mm-hmm. and then you say, you know what? I actually do agree with this, or I disagree with Evan because
1: he's
2: horrible. Well, so, sometimes, sometimes I,
1: disagreeing helps you refine yeah. your belief. Like and if I hear someone else going, "Now nah, that's yeah. really not what I think," it helps refine what. you And on believe. the
2: opposite end, it's also sometimes validating what you're already thinking. Like if we repeat what your opinion already is, then. You're like, yeah, that's see. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna, I was right. going to tell that son of a bitch next time <laughs> I see him. <laughs> All right, Punch so him in the let's face. so let's
1: get into this. Um, so our game was canceled again for this week. We've just had vacations and illnesses and trips and Rob's changing jobs and stuff like that. Uh, so we had a, had a hard time getting people together, so we didn't have a full group. So I decided to go ahead and get together the people that could get together and we would mess around with Fate a little bit more. Um, after our last session, Nico went on and ordered the PDFs and, our, and the, the books. books and got the PDFs for free. And you've been sending me emails every day like, I love this game. This is awesome. So it, Nico's a convert. You want to play Fate now exclusively, right? Like
0: 24-7. So what's interesting about reading Fate Core, the main book, it's the f- first book that's not fiction that wants to start reading I could not stop. Like I had a Saturday, last Saturday, I said to myself, I'll read it for an hour. I think I'll probably read it for like three and a half hours. It's very well written. It's not perfect. There's certain concepts they present that they don't actually discuss until further down the line. But the cool thing is, usually, like 99% of the time, they'll say, read section, blah, 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 page 155 to check this out. So if you want to, you can jump around. Not only is
1: the content of the book amazing, but the layout and graphic design is just fantastic. I love the way it looks. It's so easy to follow. And like you said, it's got the little sidebars. Uh, advanced concepts. Read this chapter. Read this page. I mean, it, whoever put it together, just graphically, amazing job. Amazing job.
0: It seemed like they took all the nice points. It seems like they took all the nice points from every single RPG book out there. The the art being simple, not even simplistic. The art being clear, and nice, and related to the content, which is awesome the stories that they present to kind of support the rules is great because one of the the good things they're doing is their uh, examples are consistent. It's basically one run or one scenario, right. and they kind of explain it from creation to gameplay, social interaction, combat, all that stuff. So it's you actually start empathizing with the characters you're reading about, um, and they also have the sideboards that can say hey, you know what, for skills you can create your own skills if it's Conan base, you can say medic instead of lore, and that can work for healing.
1: Yeah, I would like to actually. I think I mentioned this on email to you. I would like to take out all of just the examples and make a story. And, and one of the things I'm is just make a story, but just to see if you could teach someone to play the game with just the examples, because it it really does talk about how this would be invoked and how that would be used. So I don't. I, again, I'm a huge fan of the book. No, this is D and D Academy, so we don't want you know. Get too far on, on Fade. No but. Faith Academy. <laughs> Faith Fade
2: Academy. Rebrand. But it but it's a pretty awesome system. But I think I've been caught up in your hype a little bit. Like I think I've been caught up in you guys going, This is so amazing and I'm on a, on the side going, Yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> this is amazing. I uh, don't really know. Uh, I, I think it's just because you guys have played D and D for so long and you've played so much that you have a huge a library of dnd characters games you know concepts and all this stuff and now something completely new and i think you kind of look at it as revolutionary maybe a little bit i think it is
0: what they've done really well is they created rules about creating character concepts Instead of creating rules about classes, if that makes any sense,
1: but but there's other games that do that. There's other games that are classless, that are just they're skill skill based, but still
0: skills. See the so they have the whole high concept travel and aspects that we kind of discussed last podcast as well. The beauty of that is it forces you to make a role playing concept for your character. Because once you create your high concept, you can kind of like say, I'm a warrior with a big sword. That can be a high concept. That's fine. But when you create trouble and aspects, it's forcing you to give yourself personality. And that's kind of how I make my characters anyway. Anyways, like for the 13th age character we're trying to make, what did I do? I said, here's my class. And then I gave you a little story because in my head, that's how I make my characters. I say, you know, this is what he likes. This is what he doesn't like. This is his personality. Fate forces you to create that character concept. So, then you have a better idea of who you're playing, and it can change as you're playing more with it. And I also like the whole your aspects can be a, a double sword. Like, you, you can use them to your advantage, and they give you benefits, like a plus two, or you can use them to your disadvantage when a GM or another player calls onto your aspect. So, if you like drinking, the DM can say, You're in a bar you feel compelled to drink. Right. If you don't want to do that, you can use a fate when to stop it. If you I, do
1: like it, it gives you a chance to roleplay. play I think the, the thing about it that I like, uh, one of the many things I like about it, is it quantifies a way to roleplay someone other than yourself. And I know we've hit on that on a couple other podcasts, like Savage Worlds, for example. I like the quirks and the flaws because they kind of force you to role-play. If your character is curious or uh, you know a show-off, Then you're going to look for times to do those things, even though that may not be the best thing to do in that moment. You know, like playing like again the statistically best way to play. But I think what fate does that is you could play this game like you have someone who's not a very good storyteller; they're not very creative necessarily, but they want to play and they want to do more of it. They could play it in a very number-crunchy kind of way. Like, okay, well, my aspect says I do this, and it could be a very mechanical version where you could have someone else who's a great storyteller and they narrate what they're doing and it's almost secondarily that they're talking about oh yeah by the way I have an aspect but they're just telling a story and I really like that And, and yeah you
0: get rewarded for it you get either re- get yeah. bonuses to you, whatever you're doing or you get fade points from the game master because he's giving you an impulse
1: right. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think with that as well the, the longer I play I've noticed that I I want to get more and more into the cooperative storytelling. I want to get further and further away from the adversarial DM player relationship. And this is a game that embraces that concept. So it may just be the perfect marriage of where I am in my RPG life, uh, wanting to be a storyteller. If you guys haven't heard, I do want to be a writer someday. (coughs) What? (laughs) So maybe this is just sort of the perfect combination of those three things. This is the the right game at the right time for me. uh, Because I do, like, again... I said before, I don't know if it's going to play the way it reads, but it reads fantastic. Uh, one of the
0: thoughts I had while I was reading this was, the reading the book, was is this a role-playing game that a new person can play that has never role-played before? And I think the answer is yes, as long as they've read books or watched movies, which most likely is pretty much any person that would will be willing to play a role-playing game. Because if you had no idea what d and d was, but at least you had watched Lord of the R- of the rings, or, hell you could watch x men and you could play this and you can play in the x men universe' yeah, you, can very, play,
2: you could do any you watch
0: Star Trek you can play in the Star Trek universe if you want yeah. it's a very
1: cinematic game where you just tell me what you want to do, and I think that 's what we struggled with because one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight is we ran a we ran a scenario upstairs quickly, and i didn 't feel it was going very well now there were some factors the kids were going crazy and we just made up the characters and they weren't always uh, they weren't 100% defined yet but I struggled to run just a really quick combat with you guys because I don't know the system that well
2: so in my mind it wasn't playing like I thought it would. It would be weirder to say oh that went perfectly like there's yeah the kids (laughs) were running around there we that's the first time we've ever done anything. We also had absolutely zero story building up to it so I mean there wasn't. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Right. Like, I think it's we stumbled a little bit, which is when are you not if you're t- trying something for the first time so when you're are you not, not the going rules to? a little
0: bit. But what's interesting is in the little we did play, we <sighs> did use our environment. Yeah. Right. We all use our environment. What was around us in that bar scene. Yeah. When you start, you used the fire. I personally used the low light. There was like different aspects that went in the room and. We played around with it, and we even had the ability to say, you know what, I think this is what's in this room. So it allow creativity and input from the players towards Mike. Yeah, I think
1: it'll definitely get better the more we do it, I think, people. But my my fear is is that if the first couple sessions aren't great, then we're going to kind of sour a little bit and be like, well, why not just do what we're doing? We, you know, we're happy with D&D. Why put all this investment into this game if it's really not that much fun?
2: So mostly D&D players are... Listening to this podcast, so for D and D players, who would you single out as someone who you think might enjoy Fate, or might go to f- try? Like, what type of D and D player might enjoy Fate, or would you recommend it to? Well, I, don't I, really. I can
0: answer it while you're thinking. Go ahead. Uh, people that like uh, role playing, people that like role playing social situations people that like uh, high society stuff for sure I think people politics. that would hate yeah I think people that would hate this actually people that play white wolf like uh, vampire and the masquerade type of white wolf which is a lot of politics they would love this game I think people that like pure combat like kill kill kill
2: do you think a dungeon crawl is out of the question with fate
0: I think the dungeon crawl will have two rooms and then you'll be dead <laughs> Because, so, for the people that don't know, you get stress and consequences. Stress is, like, temporary. Think of it like stun damage. And then consequences is more permanent-based, like your guts are hanging out or you have a broken nose. And the game basically says so, you for recovery... Basically,
2: you have no hit points and you have no AC. All you have is something bad just happened to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could, when somebody attacks, you defend against it. So, there is a contest between the attacker and the defender, but after that gets resolved, you get either stress or consequences. You, as the player, choose what you want. However, if stress goes one two it might go three or four points based on your physique and will. but after that, you have to take consequences and you can run out of run out of points and they also have extreme consequences and stuff like that. But the whole point is if you want to look at hit points, you basically <coughs> have
1: Seven hit points.
2: There's going to be a lot of editing on that. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: I have a cold. and You have your allergies. Yeah, so I have
2: a throat. horrible sore throat that I don't know well, if I sound any different. And more. the way the hit
1: points, I, I sound, feel like I do. I feel like I'm talking stuffy, so hopefully people understand me. Um, But I the way it feels to me, like if you were doing a dungeon crawl, is I don't know that this game would be a great game for like a room-by-room-by-room by room by room dungeon crawl as much as you would do it narrating like, you'd roll like one overcome roll, and then we would narrate how you got through all the different traps. So rather than rolling one overcome roll for every single trap in a dungeon, it would be like, okay, you're going into the temple of the snake god, roll your overcome roll, maybe two or three at most, and then narrate all the different cool things you did.
0: They definitely stress in the game the whole aspect of characters being proactive Mm -hmm. and having drama in their lives. And that's how they see aspects. Aspects see – they see aspects as a situation to – Role-play drama in your life, both things that affect you or your personality quirks that basically create your environment type of thing. Um, and I agree with you. I think even the example they give, there's an example with a trap, and the character has to go through it. And he basically rolls, I think once or twice, and he goes through that entire room. And even the the storyteller says, "You barely made it through." But you're gonna to have to come back through this room. Right. Like it was like there's an example,
1: of like all these spikes coming out of the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's and the one. Yeah, they did it as one roll to go across this entire room filled with traps. And again, then you just kind of narrated what happened, rather than you know disable one trap. Okay, it was a pit trap, and so I, I think they they take things at a little bit higher level and they re- leave a lot more room to narrate and describe. Where a game like D and D is very focused on the I hit you one time with this weapon, I do this much damage, it takes away from this many hit points, and you're now a percentage lower. It's, it's a lot more in the minutiae versus this is more high concept. Probably about all we need to talk about in the phase, but it rolls right into your your topic because one of the things that I said was a struggle is that none of our characters had any reason to be together. Like That's the reason I put us in a bar that got robbed is because I wasn't assuming that our characters were necessarily there together. We just happened to all be in the tavern. And your topic is about when you have players that have dis- disparate,
2: well, I hope uh, I I hope I explain it well enough to get some opinions from you guys. But it's kind of there's a few different aspects to it. First is you have a group of people sitting around the table that are all playing different characters, and they all have different motivations. And and especially in D anD D, when you have like, well, I'm I'm chaotic good, or I'm chaotic evil, or I'm all lawful good. And you have some people who want to play their characters strictly to that. So they want to help anybody that they encounter or they don't care about anybody that they encounter. So they have <clears throat> or I'm on a quest to find so and so. And if I find a piece of information, I need to go in this direction when the party wants to go in this direction. So you have it's a group of people where like in our made men it was a little bit different because we all were kind of moving towards the same thing but a lot of times you have scenarios where everybody has a different idea of what the best way to go about the situation is. So you have conflicting ideas. And my, the first thing is kind of, you know, what, what do you guys think about those people that around the table that are really playing their side hard against the other players, characters Um, instead of just, do, go instead, and instead of going the easy way and giving in and giving in to with whoever maybe makes the most sense in that situation
0: or speaks the loudest
2: or speaks the loudest yeah. or the other kind of parts to it is <clears throat> that kind of play into it is do you think that every group should have a leader because of that, or do you think groups work better when they don't have a leader? because truthfully, I think in my experience so far playing i've gotten the most pushback, had the most arguments, and had the longest discussions when we had a leader, which was me, which was Zane. <laughs> and we couldn't decide on what everybody wanted to do. And I was the so-called leader, but, we, but everybody had different ideas of what the best way to do it was. And I, now maybe you could say that some of that was me because I wasn't playing Zane as somebody who stood up and, and told everybody to shut up, this is what we're doing. I was playing him as somebody who listened and kind of, you know, took in everybody's ideas. So kind of that, like, do you think that some, do you think it's better when you see a group where you have a bunch of different aspects, a bunch of different people that all kind of have different ideas around the table? Is it better just for, to elect someone as the leader or to go forward as, well, you know, the the first thought that I had was,
1: was kind of relates more to your first point of your, you're talking about is when you have all these different, people coming together is i think it depends on the type of game that you're playing as as we've said many times before i like to try to tell stories so i'm the type of dm that if you decide you wanted to play a minotaur in the game then i'm going to talk to you about well how do you get into the tavern with horns on your head like you have to turn sideways like i'm going to get into that what does it mean as your character interacting in society with a bullhead where a lot of groups will say okay that's cool because you're basically going to go from, like, dungeon adventure to go back to town, sell your loot, dungeon adventure. So they sort of skip over those social Mm -hmm. situations, so it doesn't really matter. Like, if you want to play a dark elf, you know, assassin, and you want to play a holy good paladin, we'll we'll skip the whole stuff where you guys don't really agree with each other. We'll make up some reason why you're on the same team. We'll go into the dungeon, and we'll kill everything, and we'll win, and we'll come back out, and then we'll skip over the social stuff again. So it doesn't matter. So it depends on the type of game that you're playing. If you're playing a game that really doesn't focus on the story, then it is not a, it's not an issue unless you want it to be. An so what issue. if
2: you so what if you have a character who's playing like a law like a a perfectly good character, so the lawful good paladin. Yes, and every you're on your way to defeat the king, the evil king, but there's a you're going past a burning um orphanage. church or orphanage and there's kids on fire. And they're running, they're running out and they're on fire. And it's a horrific scene. <laughs> There's just kids everywhere. You're on fire. <laughs> thousands from, of kids on th- th- fire. Thousands and thousands of kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took so a dark the- turn there, <laughs> <So, so, laughs> didn't it? So I can tell you, of a scenario. There's, bar- there's explosive barrels everywhere. <laughs> I, they're just running into the barrels. I
1: actually ran a, a game for my group in Cleveland. So this
2: person wants to stop. Yeah, and, and help. I and actually, everybody else I is actually going, had a burning no. orphanage,
1: and that's exactly what happened. Is I thought, well, they're going to go save the kids, and they're all like, not my problem. Kept walking, so they allowed the orphanage to
2: burn down. So who? Do, so, but do in you, my case, no one wanted. Do to Do you think the hero. that that's on? Do you think that that's on the? That person? Well, do you think that's on the paladin? Well, it's from because a, it, and it's his fault. For, like, hey, you for got me. This is, you you, you got it's, left. It's
1: behind. a meta game situation. Is do you want that to be a thing? If you're playing the lawful good paladin, do you want the fact that you are a lawful good character to be a part of the story, and you want to make that a situation that comes up, or do you just want to have the abilities that a lawful paladin gets, like lay on hands and, and the mount and the, the holy avenger? So are you playing it from a story aspect that you're an honorable person who's, given, who's driven by a, a deity to do deeds? Or do you just want the cool mechanical benefits? It goes back yeah, to the type see, of story see, that you're playing.
0: See, for me, I've always disliked groups that are purely a let's go kill things, don't care about personality, don't care about alignment. I think that's taking advantage of one dimension of role playing and nothing else. What I wanted to add was in Mike's stories, the reason why there is a lot of arguments is there's multiple paths you can take and multiple goals you can have. So when you have only one goal and one path, that's it. However in Made Man we had three different goals and we can go in any order. We didn't know what the disadvantages were for going following one path instead of another and even when we decided on a goal, there was like 17 different ways to do it. That's why there was disagreements.
1: Um, but like for an example I'm thinking of, let's say that you you need the king's permission to do something. Or, or you need something from the king. You need an item. And the lawful good paladin wants to ask the king for it because, you know, he'll explain the need. Where the assassin's like, well, I'll just sneak in and steal it. And the other guy's like, well, I'll try to win it in a contest. I'll get him in a drinking contest. So you have three different characters who are trying to role play their character but they can't all three do the same thing that you can't steal it and then also ask for it and then also try to win it well, so I think your question is well how do you decide at the table who gets to do their thing
2: right and who and kind of who d- who is it on to step down and say okay we'll go we'll go with your way I mean one way might not work any better than the other you don't know what's gonna happen
0: I, I think there's there's two things I think the dungeon masters job, to make sure that when the party gets created, you don't have a huge imbalance. So you can't have a lawful good and a lawful evil character and brawl in one party. Right. But that does that happen.
1: Would, I, I agree that I try but to that, But you shouldn't let that happen. You're going to have a thousand say, games that that's going on.
0: But I, you see, when you see the characters, you can say you can't play a lawful evil character because this is a good campaign. I haven't but really you run say You the, can't play any good characters because this is an evil campaign, but you kind of need to guide people and say this is going to be a heroic game you guys are going to be the heroes of the city now if you're going to play a chaotic good character that's fine because you're still kind of self-serving but you're still trying to help people or you can be neutral and that's fine but you're playing something like lawful evil or like the other evil extreme it just doesn't work it's going to create more issues than actually help and i think it disrupts and, the game. and i
1: agree with you like i when i almost every time i start a new game if i don't create the characters for you i always set ground rules like, you can be these races, you can be these classes, and you can be these alignments. And I just say off the bat, you know, these, these are off the table. Here's why. So you can still create anything you want within those guidelines. But I'm right. telling you, I it, think that's I've fair. played it in a plenty of games. Oh, no, it happens. Yeah. But
0: I'm saying, as for people who are listening, and I just uh, as a mental thought, it's like you need to make sure that the party has some kind of cohesion. Now, to kind of add to what Evan was saying, though, there is a social contract. If I, if let's say Evan and I disagree on a step we need to take, which with Grexel that happened only a few times, I think. Um, I'll see if Evan personally wants to do something or his character wants to do something. Because if Evan personally wants to pursue an angle, I'll actually will concede faster because I don't want to like bother Evan as a person. If it's just a disagreement on characters just for role playing reasons, maybe I'll insist a little bit longer. Does that make sense? Right. Like, socially, I it don't want sense, to frustrate Evan or anyone else. It's not even specific. It
2: makes game. sense, but knowing you, I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Really? I would have thought that if you recognized that I wanted to do something as my character, you would have. I don't know, almost been more respectful of it because I was being in, because I was playing, I was consistently being in character as opposed to I well, want to personally guess, do yeah, something. That,
0: that, that could that could happen too. It, it depends on the situation. I, you're right. So let's go back to my theoretical
1: right. one. So we got the king's got something, and we got. But first. Paladin wants to ask for it, Thief wants to steal it, and I could. The barbarian wants to win it in a contest.
2: But first, you guys both agree that it's a good idea going into a game that a DM can set ground rules for. Absolutely. You should or shouldn't be these... Or if you... If you don't set ground rules and you see two players hand you their characters and they they're conflicting, you should speak up and say it's probably not a good idea that you guys play these characters because we could run it could run into. Yes, them. I think
1: we've we've experienced that in our games where and I think I think the analogy we used before is like we had started making a movie, we had a script, we had our actors, and then you bring in another actor mm-hmm. who's like, okay, you don't have any lines, you just jump in wherever you're you're totally improv probably won't work very well because that one character doesn't just doesn't fit with the story you're trying to so tell he loses
0: the reason to be there
1: yeah like why are That's you the problem.
0: You, you basically you be like why is a totally evil guy of Kai that wants to kill people and be an assassin hung out with a paladin and a cleric going on a mission to help a church it just wouldn't happen you know, he, it's like, why are you there? There's so a priest, then, a
2: rabbi, and a... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a weird joke. <laughs> and a cleric. And a cleric.
0: But that's the thing. And you, an orphanage and, of burning children. And the, yeah, <laughs> with children burning but everywhere. You,
1: uh, I don't want to complicate things. Um, but yes, I think that you should set ground rules. I think you should say, you know, this is the type of game I want to play. I want to play a bunch of pirates, but you're going to be a good pirate. So, you're, you know, you're the Robin Hood of pirates. So everybody create a character that has some reason to be... Piracy, yeah,
0: in the water, you know,
1: and you know, and or we're gonna we're gonna do an evil campaign, or we're gonna do a, a mercenary, so we're more neutral. It's all in for the money, you know. Good-hearted mercenaries, not necessarily evil, or you could play all evil. But I think the the struggles that we've had in our games is when you guys all create your your characters separately. We come to the table, and I'm like, how the. Frick, do I get all these different personalities? That to, was to work the, together. the
0: hardest thing is getting the party together, and that always takes a little bit of. And that was the movie and...
2: scenario thing because I said it's much easier for us to begin a story. It's much easier to have a movie concept or a story concept when all the scenarios, all the all the story arcs and all the characters all came from one person's mind because that one person came up with this character already with the idea of how they met this character and how they tied into this character and all this stuff so when you Michael just bang my microphone when you Michael are coming up with our story concept and our game idea I think it works a lot better when you write the characters, you come up with the characters' backgrounds. Because you, just like Made Men, you had everybody. You had how they met, how they've been working together. You had how they know each other. You had what they don't like about each other. The secrets that they had on each other. And it when you started the game, the ball just went rolling. And it went rolling really well and smooth. I, I... Because everything already was fitted together like, like Legos from your mind and they fit perfectly whereas if you go alright we're starting a new story we're starting a a new campaign here's the idea everybody go home make your characters make your concepts come up right. with your backstories but this then is where come the back. this
1: is where that cliche everybody's in a tavern when the orcs kick in the door trope comes from because a lot of D&D games start like that and that's I actually sort of did it on purpose upstairs the same exact scenario you're on a bar mm-hmm. when it gets kicked in because that's how a lot of groups form when you have this disparate you know, party members it would be and like, a fight brings you together.
2: It would be like a producer saying, okay, let, we're going to write a movie. We're going to come up with a movie. And he takes four writers and he sends all of them home. And he says, no, 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 I don't want you to work on it here. I don't want you to work on it here at, together at the office. Everybody go home. Write your stories at home. Then we'll come back and bring them together everybody's is going to be different. Nobody it's going you're going to be like, how the fuck am I going to make this guy work with this guy? And I didn't write this one, like the way you have it. And none of it's going to make any sense. And that's where you're like, you're saying that's where you're left this, with the situation where it's like, okay, here's the first game we're starting. Uh, okay. Action. And we're all just kind of sitting around the table. Like, the, okay, you guys are in the tavern. What are you doing? Right.
0: The only, see the problem I have, What's my motivation yeah, the problem I have, I even new?
2: though I really like
0: Made Men, I think if one person makes all the characters, you remove 95% of the fun of actually role playing. Because part of the fun is coming up with a personality that makes sense, is coming up with how you're going to act in the world. And when one person does that, nobody else can do it. Does that make sense? Like in Made Men, it worked perfect out sense, well. But you have this. But I, think, I
2: think there's this. There's, there's a balance and there, there's drawbacks to both sides if the, if you, if one person it's fate fate that's is the, the
0: answer no seriously well in fate it, basically the whole idea is when you're writing the aspects is you have you write one story that's about that's true yourself. basically
2: when we were upstairs at the kitchen table we were all creating our own each individual character concepts but it, all, all, in had make, place, all, in, it all had to make we were all and you're supposed to link them together.
0: together and if we did it the right, fate wins rule. again exactly we did the proper core rules basically i will pass you my aspects and then you create a story that involves me and from that you would get your your third aspect you will say oh because i helped you on the street and that's basically how we met because you were begging for money and i gave you a bunch of gold and then we, we became friends i am generous so now you have an aspect it's called generous for people in need and suddenly we're connected, and you have a personality trait to role-play. So you just connected the party. See, now I like you because you gave me money when I was poor, and that's how we started to know each other. And then you found out I was a mercenary, and I lost my leg in the war. Well, there an easy go.
2: way to avoid the <clears throat> situation of everybody having different interests in mind is when one person writes the story. Yeah, you that's you have a DM who's willing to write all the characters and write right. the story. And we kind of did a sort of a hybrid of that
1: for the a new world campaign is that I let you guys create the classes and the race whatever you wanted and then I kind of wrote the background for you and you said okay I want to be a barbarian I you know I had a commoner top job uh, you know baker or fisher that kind of thing but then I wrote your actual background But I
2: I think that that works because we're starting the story in a place where nobody's past makes any difference. Like what we did before kind of isn't going to matter anymore. We're kind of starting over.
1: To a point, but I did still start you together. Well, three of you. um, You, Travis's character, and Nick's character Mm. all already knew each other. Nico's character and Travis's character are the outsiders, uh, stowaway, and Uh, works together noble. But but still, there's stuff in their backgrounds that will eventually bring you guys closer together. We took
2: the lid off
1: of a barrel, Barrel. and Nico was inside. (laughs) A beardless dwarf was hiding inside of a barrel. Sleep naked. Naked. That, that's got to be one of the best intros ever,
0: right? <laughs> yes, I agree.
2: So it's okay for when you're coming up with the game, it's okay for the DM, and as the other players, it's probably your responsibility to recognize, like, maybe this group isn't going to work. Maybe we should See, rethink this group, So we're gonna or do get, you go per- into it and go, eh, fuck it, let's we'll just we we'll it. <laughs> so this is like it. my
1: personality clashing with my personality, is that I don't want to draw this topic out a whole lot longer because I know we're running out of time. But I think, for me, I've done this a couple times where, like, we even did it for A New World, where we came together and we actually created the the characters at the table. Uh, We did it as a podcast, which I don't know if we're ever going to actually release it because I think it's boring, is that I don't like that. Like, I, as much as I hate to say it, I love the idea of You creating. don't
2: like character creation I, I at think the table?
1: I think it's boring. Oh, I,
2: thank you very much. I 100% agree, <laughs> and let's never do it again.
1: I feel like the whole time we're here, like, God, this is awful. And I just yes. feel like it's a, col- a complete waste <laughs> of time for everybody. And so I don't like doing it because I feel like that's a wasted game session that we could have actually played. But I do like that it does build a better Better so that's why i i would rather just write it and be like okay i'll write it so that we don't have to do this well, the, the, and you guys show up and i'll tell you the, what the
0: compromise is everybody sits down and discusses how the personalities and what they're thinking about and then they go home and write the actual character and i think well i'm not going to keep bringing up fate yeah. but again <laughs> that's the thing
1: that struggles is i think that it makes more sense to create that cohesive unit at the table everybody you know just like we did with fate even though fate's a lot quicker because you, you don't have all the minutia of rolling and picking out your stats and then skills and then your weapons and then your armor and all that stuff, that what I call the fiddly bits, where, okay, i got to go through and pick out all my skills and I need the book for that, I need my weapons, I need the book for that. It's all more higher-level concepts that I could see doing it for fate and having a lot more fun with it because it actually was kind of fun because we were all kind of spitballing with each other. Like you said you wanted to be like a celebrity and we all sort of helped Flesh out mm-hmm. your idea. You don't do that in the D and D games. It's usually just roll your stats, pick your skills, pick your you know weapons. So it's it's not really like a group project. Maybe that's why it's boring for me.
2: How do you think it would go if we started with a fate sheet and everybody sat down? Okay, when we said okay, we're going to play a and three point five game, or we're going to play D and D next, but we sit down with a fate sheet and w- before we even s- look at a three point five sheet or a book. We have to go by the rules of this first. We have to create a character using the fate system. And then once our character concept and our aspects and our high concept and our flaws and stunts and all that stuff is all fleshed out and we all know each other and we know the world we have. I mean, we were in order to create our characters in this. We were creating a world. Right. We yeah. started
1: with the campaign creation, so we had a corrupt city official, we had the resistance, we had a merchant skill, we had NPCs that populated it.
2: And then you take this, and then you go, okay, go make a 3.5 character out of it.
0: No, you just keep playing fate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it would work.
1: That there would be some parts where it wouldn't quite translate over, the mechanics wouldn't be exactly the same. But it still wouldn't be a bad idea. The
0: aspects are it would a great be, idea. That's yes. what you would use. You would yes. use the high concept, the travel, and the three aspects, mm-hmm. and then you could use it for any game. That was how you would bring uh, the party together and create more personality for your
2: character. So, you want to jump into a mailbag question? Sure. Let's
1: jump into a mailbag.
2: <gasps> Message for you, sir. N- which one do you want to do? do? We have the um, reusing character concepts, or what to do with a player who is not playing the character concept you built
1: so let's let's do that because i think that's an interesting like i think they're both great questions but this one i'm almost confused by it so i kind of want to talk through it so essentially this came in through the for the facebook page um also i want to mention one of the guys uh, talked to me today it's really hard to find our facebook page apparently because it's D d underscore academy and i left that out last time so if you actually search D and D Academy altogether or D and D Space Academy, doesn't find it. I, it's D and D underscore Academy.
2: It's funny. That's really funny because I Looked felt like a, an idiot not being able to find my own Facebook page. <laughs> uh, well, I don't have Facebook. I never use Facebook. So my wife had her. My wife's uh, Facebook is always open on our iPad. And so I just picked it up and I was like, I'm going to go to our page and see what's going on. And I was typing it. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. And I couldn't find our D and D Academy. <laughs> so, I eventually went back to Google and searched D and D Academy, Facebook, Facebook and, found and it. then found it that way. There you go. Um, so Caesar sent this question in and
1: basically says, Hey, I was wondering if you have any advice about what to do when a player creates a character and a role-playing concept, but then doesn't play that character at all. The kill way- him, <laughs> 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 the player, or the character, both. <laughs> Both. So essentially, the character says, "Okay, I want to be a ranger who's like a he's like a ranged ranger, sneaky w- woods guy." And then when they start playing the game, he doesn't do anything ranger-like <laughs> and doesn't do anything sneaky. So I, I don't even know, like, why would someone do that? Well, I had the Maybe first couple new? things that
2: come to mind is I feel like in some people's games it might not make a difference, but in your games, I think you include characters, uh, concepts and their, like their strengths and their weaknesses and where their backgrounds, I think you include that in your story writing. Like, you know, this is what we're going to do. So I feel like it would make a difference because you would be putting that particular person in a situation where, you know, you're supposed to create as a DM, you're supposed to be creating an opposition for him, or you're supposed to be creating an obstacle for him because he... Because he said he was this way. So, for example, if he said he's going to be a barbarian,
1: and so I'm creating an adventure where, okay, I'm going to put another big muscular guy so we can have this big mano-a-mano fight, and then the barbarian runs away and hides. Well, is this
2: like he's saying, like, I'm a barbarian, but then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to sneak up on this guy and stab him? See, I don't know. He doesn't give that specificity. Or is, he is just it says more role-playing? It's more like- than, what he said is it's role-playing <laughs> and mechanically. So, like, he's
1: built like a fighter, that never fights, or he's building a rogue that never sneaks and doesn't disarm
2: so,
0: traps. The way I understand this question. You know is what the answer is? Fate. Fate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is the way. If the, if a player is new, sometimes what he thinks he wants to play and what he's actually playing is different. That's one. The other one is if he's not new, sometimes you make a concept that you think is cool until you start playing it, and then you either cannot roleplay it because it's so outside your realm sure. of i it's like that. It's like, yeah, if you want to play, like, a very social character and you don't like being social, guess what? You're not going to be talking a lot anyways.
2: Playing the strong, silent type is not a lot of fun. Yes, I had a character that was the strong, silent type and didn't want to, like, interact with people, and then I sat back and was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Playing a mute is also difficult. But anyways, yeah. Um, so maybe that's what happened. Maybe he well, had an idea. He, he goes he on to say that out. he
1: talked to the guy, and he was very stubborn about playing the character that he built. So again, I don't so this so I understand like well, you're saying like okay, I built the wrong character. I'd, so let's rebuild him. No, no, I want to keep playing this guy. The, in the end, what if if he likes playing who he's playing? I'm confused. Why does why does
0: it, why does it matter? If the player is happy with playing a barbarian that hides and tries to stop people with a dagger, does it matter?
2: Well, I think the only reason you have to say it does matter is because this guy is obviously the DM. And he's writing us because there's some conflict. Yeah, there's something. It, he says it's negatively affecting the story. How? Huh.
1: I, I don't know. I don't have. the Well, details the way that, for that I could
2: easily see it is, you say you you say that you are this guy. You're this class. And you are from this people, different... and you have these characteristics about your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses, and all this stuff. So I'm as the DM, I'm throwing things your way or putting you in situations that should play off of those. But you're not. But you're in the situation. You're going. No, I'm not.
0: So if he's consistently playing somebody different, <clears throat> your story elements would reflect that somebody different he's playing. So if you want to have a mano a mano battle, and he doesn't want to have one. That's fine. Then next time, don't have a big man to man battle. Have something different that would match the way he's playing his character.
2: But I could see it. Like, okay, he's lawful. So we'll go back to the orphanage. He's lawful good. He's playing lawful goodies. That's who he says he is. And he starts killing so, the children. No, so as the DM, I you know I spend all week preparing for nec- this next game, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna have a burning orphanage. How's he gonna deal with this? And I spend all week preparing this you know scenario, and then I throw it his way, and he's like, I don't care. No, but you s- created a character that said you were lawful good. What do you mean you don't care? Well, I just I don't I I. I don't want to do anything Burning about it.
1: orphanages are okay on Tuesdays.
2: Right. The Lord, the good Lord, <laughs> the Lord said yeah. in the book.
0: But again, if that's how he plays his character, then you'll know. And then you're like, okay, maybe I think the
2: point is that you'll never know.
0: Does he keep flip-flopping? He? He, is he bipolar in the way he plays his character? It seems pretty Is he mentally it? stable?
1: <laughs> that, well, that I don't know. Uh, but, it, it, again, the way I'm reading into it is that he, they all sit down at the table, and they're like, okay, I'm going to play the rogue, I'm going to play the cleric, I'm going to play the fighter, I'm going to play the barbarian. We all have our roles, we all have our classes, and I created a character, and then I'm just not playing the character. So I, I'm going to, what was that, uh, Andy Kaufman? you ever see that thing where he was on Saturday Night Live where he just refused to play along? Like it's a pretty famous skit. Like they're all at the table, and they're doing the skit, and he's reacting like a normal person. They're all reading the cue cards, and he's just like, "What are you talking
2: about?" I've never seen that. Yeah, and
1: actually, I think it was the guy who played Kramer on Seinfeld. He eventually got up, went over, picked up the cue cards, and threw them down on the table in front of him because he was so mad that this guy just wasn't—he just wasn't playing his role. Yeah, and I think that's what's happening here is that we have a social contract that we're going to play a game. But, well, I and would it's feel a fun as, adventure. I
2: would feel the same way. I've, I'm. I'm I may not be the best role player in the world. I may not you know every Tuesday night that we're at Mike in Michael's basement, I may not magically slip into Zane the, you know, the stealthy whatever, you know, but I am play I am trying to play my character concept as close as it should be to what it is on the paper and I appreciate everybody else doing the same. If if I was doing I I even, even as a player, not as the DM, I could easily see myself getting frustrated with somebody who was just flip-flopping or not going along with what was supposed to be on their sheet. Right.
1: And, it, I, and I think one of the things I think, I may be reading into what Nico's saying, but I'm thinking it's one thing if you're playing a cowardly fighter because that's not really the way a fighter's supposed to play, but it could be an interesting choice. It's like a role-playing thing. Like, I'm a fighter, but I, I'm, I don't want to fight. And, you know, like that reluctant hero but I don't think that's what's happening here. I think he built a character that was supposed to be part of a team, and he's not fulfilling his obligations to the team. Well, okay, and, so and if well, can we get some more detail well, on, in the emails, well, please? Well, the, <laughs> the thing I want to say, though, is, is it, it, we, I don't know that we can ever figure out why.
2: Thank you so much for <laughs> sending us email.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what Caesar is asking is, okay, what do we do about it? So, so we may not know why this is happening, but he wants to know, well, what do you do? You have a player who's not cooperating – and it's negatively affecting the game, and he even says, you know, is it is it time to kill his character? You know, just have no. something crazy happen, so he kills his character and forces him to roll another one or create another character. But then it
0: won't make a difference if he doesn't yeah. respect what he... Cre- so, here's the thing. If what's troublesome is that he's not reacting the way you expect him to react in a game, that's pretty much how all players are. You never know what they're going to do. We've discussed that multiple times. If he's on purpose, being difficult and stopping the game because he wants to play with flowers while everybody else is going down the dungeon, then you just have a prob- prob- problematic player. If you play with him a lot, and this is just one character constant that like he's just acting weird, yeah, maybe that guy will have an accident. Um, I'm thinking maybe In no from- reality, though, if that was happening in my game and I was running it, I would just assume that he's playing the character concept he's playing even though he wanted to play something else when we right. first introduced it. And, and I would just go along with it and keep that in mind. If he's flip-flopping and, like, one day he's doing one thing and the other day he's doing the other thing, I would start have, having NPCs comment on the fact that he's flip-flopping, <laughs> that he's not stable. Well, thing. I was
1: actually thinking that from an in-game standpoint. I, you know, I don't know what, what setting they're in or, or anything, but maybe you could have sort of like a magical intervention where you're called before the Council of Elders, and they're like, you will you will give testimony. Why did you not save the orphans? Have them thrown <laughs> in the stocks for split personality. <laughs> <laughs> but but, 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 the but kids like, like challenge him in game and say, you know, three months ago your friend was dying from a sword wound, and your your faith declares that you will heal, and yet you hid. And and sort of like make it like, like
0: a you, game version and of and can why strip are you people doing from that. Class. You can say you can no longer be a paladin. The God, God, stop answering your prayers. You're not a fighter. Right.
2: I think that I would probably approach it in this way. I would say, okay, there's the rule book there's there's all these rule books with all these rules they're black and white okay and this this is how we play d and d there's also unwritten rules, and there's things that are expected around the table that are unwritten rules between each player and what you're doing is kind of violating those unwritten rules around the table just because they're not in the book and it's not black and white that says even though it says this on your sheet you, you absolutely cannot do this it's still an unwritten rule and it's understood that you should follow this it would be the equivalent of you know it's. <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't be the equivalent of that at all. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't pick the shoe and then want to be the race car, <laughs> or you can't, <laughs> or you can't. If I land on Park Place, you can't charge me two thousand dollars when the card clearly says it's four hundred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the fuck are you talking Lenuffoli? about? Monopoly. Monopoly. Of course. I know. I don't get uh, what.
2: <laughs> There's clear rules to the game. Well, okay. That Make the game work. Okay, I, 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 there's I, I, rules and right. there's rules in the rule book that make the game work. But then there's also unwritten rules around the table socially that make the game work. And if and by what you're doing, you're not letting the game work.
0: Gotcha. So Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, there's no rule that specifically says create a character and then play the character. It doesn't. The way you create there's them. no
2: place in the there's no place in the DM's handbook where it says this is how you deal with a. Player who created a character and isn't playing by it, and there's no place in the player's gu- guidebook that says, you know, once you create a character sheet, you have to stick to it. No, it's understood. It's an under it's 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 an understanding. If he's breaking unwritten
0: rules as a person, then you have to remove the player from your game. Yeah, I, if he's think- breaking unwritten rules as in in game. And you know the guy, you know he doesn't usually do it. You just need to kill the character and make him work, make a new yeah, one. But isn't he
1: just going to do the same thing again? Yeah,
2: I don't think it, wh- I killing the
0: character if, would do if anything. He does the same thing again. Then it's his special He's not matching with the group.
2: It, in the end, it just comes it, is you just have to go. Is this person helping or hurting your game? If it's help, if 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 it's if if it's okay, if it's a little annoyance, but it's okay. If the group likes him, I mean, there's lots of things to consider. I mean, you know that when you're considering who's going to be in your group. I mean, does the group really like him and you have a problem with what he's doing? Right. Is the group going to be upset if you don't want him to come anymore? I mean, there's a lot of things you got to think about. Um, I wouldn't kill his character because I don't think that's going to do any. First of all, it's going to piss him off. Then he's going to be mad at you. And then he's not going to want to follow what you tell him right. to do and what you think he should do. after Violence you just is never his the character. answer,
1: people. Violence is never the answer.
2: By a crit says,
0: all you have to do is crit a couple of times. Oh look, I got twenty again. You might
2: crit. Um, so I don't think killing the character is going to help or do anything. Right. I, I, it comes down to just explaining to him. I think that
0: right. he doesn't want to listen, according to that Facebook yeah. message. So if it's your speciality, unfortunately, I mean, you might just. Have I think. To it, not I think
1: it, we talked before. He comes, put on big boy pants and having maybe what could be an uncomfortable quest conversation with a friend and saying, "Hey, you know." We like playing D&D, but I've noticed your, your character isn't fitting in. Just fi- find out if there is a reason behind it that makes sense. Or explain, you know, this is what I need from you. And that's why I want to about talk about going it. It's funny. A great, it's it's funny D&D because either. some
2: of the things... Most of the time we're talking about role-playing related issues. Like... Uh, character stuff combat stuff how rules work and how those things work but you also but you eventually things come up that are social issues that have a big impact on the game the Mm -hmm. social issues have a big impact on the game and there's nothing in the rule books that deal with that so i mean what do you what do you think about the dm going to the rest of the players behind his back and saying how would you guys want me to deal with this is it bothering you to the point where you want me to ask him to leave? Because I will. Do you, Or should I, should I sit him down and explain? I think I might do that. I would, I would go to the rest of the players and say, I'll handle this, but how do you think, what's the best way to go about it?
0: I, I think that's a good idea. Because, I mean, if, if you're playing with four players and the other three players basically say, this guy sucks. He just makes the game suck then it's not helping. If they say no, he's awesome. Right. I mean, a good example was when uh, Jai was playing the character, the bard that punched the bard in the face after we had planned this whole elaborate thing. And, like, <laughs> out of character, I was like, oh, my God, we just wasted, like, two hours, and he punches him. But everybody else had fun. So I was like, even though this personally bothered me, and I let you know, too, right? I, I, I sent an email, I think, to you, and I was like, this bothered me. But everybody else had fun. So I was like, well, you know what? It was a good moment for them.
1: Yeah, it i was just trying
0: like, to remember how did that
1: happen? Like he,
0: he, he, he the bar went to an inn and he was having sex with a lady or whatever, and Jada was waiting outside. And then when he came but, yeah, out, like character was supposed
1: to like to trail him, and trail that and he got so mad that he wasted his night. He just beat, he him just up.
0: beat him up. And I it was like, was like and everything else was based on him trailing him and figuring out yeah, what he Yeah, like does. you guys had
1: spent been like this hours developing this elaborate plan mm-hmm. and then Jared just punched the guy in the face and he's like,
0: "Tell me what you know." <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and 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 like you yeah, guys enjoyed yeah. it. So it was that's fine. well, it was again, it was a terrible moment for the game and story, but it was hilarious in the moment. So <laughs> yeah. we were all laughing, but it was like, "Well, that just screwed up an hour's worth of us planning stuff." So. Yeah.
0: So, if if the situation's like that and it's just the DM is bothered But then again, you have to respect the DM's feelings. If the DM really has an issue with a player, even if the other guys like it, then it sucks for the DM to run it.
1: Right, yeah, the game's going to fall apart one way or the other. Either the players are going to stop showing up because that guy's making it not fun, or the DM's going to stop running because they're not having fun running the game. So it's a matter of do you keep playing the game at all, or do you ask this one person to either check your attitude at the door, Change something, or you're just not welcome back. Doesn't mean you still can't be friends. Like I have friends that I don't play D and D with because they're not D D friends. You might
2: also run into the weird situation where, like, maybe this guy that he's having a problem with brought all the other guys to his <laughs> game. You know, like, and he's the link, right, for them all. There's all kinds of weird stuff like that. Yeah, you know, maybe the other players at the table consider him a better friend than they do the DM, who's just a guy that they yeah. show up at his house every. Yeah, Once a week. That's
1: possible. So so we started this off by saying we didn't know if we ever actually gave an answer. I'm pretty sure we didn't this time. But, Caesar, I hope that maybe just hearing us talk about it helps you think through your own. And I would like for you to send back a reply. What did you end up doing? How did it work? Yeah.
2: Give us some meaty details. Like, <laughs> or maybe did he, he slap you? Did you tell him he couldn't come? And did he, yeah, did he oh, kick did, your did cat? He <laughs> yeah.
0: Or more details about what he does that's different than what he said he would do. That would help us give a better answer as well.
2: Yeah. I think in the last thing I want to say is that what it boils down to is that D and D is usually a democracy. Would you agree?
1: That's, usually what I the, think
2: in my games it is. I don't I don't know if it is in all games. Okay. I think the best way to handle a situation is from a democratic point of view. Go to the rest of the people and say and ask them what they are comfortable with. Makes sense.
1: So that took a little longer than than we had planned so what's uh we'll skip the other question we'll answer we'll get into it next time you want to wrap it up uh yeah so is there any final words um fate fate, fate is awesome. anything you want to say fate,
0: about fate, fate
1: nico fate is awesome i love it all right so go go buy fate com and i'll if link we it haven't to my site.
2: given enough fate advertisement on <laughs> yeah this. i know it
1: <laughs> with the fate cast um so i think you know I'll just in a uh kind of recap um Thank you guys for going to the Facebook page. Thank you for the emails. Thank you so much for the iTunes. We we yeah. send
2: in more emails as soon as we get to twenty.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll have a little. Con- we'll roll a D twenty. We'll uh, maybe we'll vine it and put it on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at d underscore d Maybe me
2: and Michael will splurge and get something really special for you.
1: Yeah, or not like, <laughs> like an airplane,
2: like a mixtape. <laughs> Like
1: a slow, soulful mixtape, <laughs> uh,
2: and we'll narrate in the background.
1: <laughs> all your to sniffle constantly in the background, yes. and I will mispronounce words. Um, t-shirt again. I hate to do it, but seriously, like we've got five pre-orders. Have you pre-ordered yet? Yes. For the new one. Yes. So, okay, so you're the fifth one. So we have five pre-orders for the new T-shirt. We need ten. So five more people. We got two weeks left. So, please go. they te-
2: only give you a limited time, yes yeah, yeah,
1: well, you can set it. I went for the maximum amount of time, so uh, we just
0: need, buy a shirt for your kid, for your wife, so we
1: need <laughs> ten total orders. We got five It's dot com we're going to the D&D. beach, just wear it <laughs> underscore <laughs> category. We got a closet full of these things. <laughs> it's a funny shirt um, I'm making fifty cents off each one, so I'm not even paying for the one that I bought. So, it's not like we're, this is a get rich quick scheme. Um, and I took off the D&D logo off the back, so it's not like advertising. So, it's a $13 black t shirt. But it's got something funny on the front of it, right? Uh, so, Facebook, Twitter, emails at I, EE Robison. At EE Robison. The iTunes reviews, again, thank you guys. We've had a couple come in, really good ones. I really do appreciate it. We have one still five or one star rating, no review. But now that ha- we we <laughs> know, but now that we've got all these others, it actually has bumped us back up to a five star overall. So thank you guys for that, and keep the comments coming. We appreciate it. And I'm going to post Savage World session one this Saturday. Then we're going to do Dungeon Talk again, then Savage World again, and then we're going to start posting a new world if we can play again. We've only played twice now, and we've missed like six sessions.
2: Yeah, but by the time this comes out, we'll be playing Fate. No, by the time this (laughs) comes out, all that stuff you just said will have already happened. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll leave that in because it's funny. All right. So this has been Michael. (laughs) And Evan. And Nico. See you next time. You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. (laughs) And Michael. And Nico. And this is Dungeon Talk episode 25. 25. On today's Dungeon Talk, our table topics are, we're going to recap a little Fate 2.0 episode. Oh, (laughs) Fate. Damn it. (laughs) Start over. All right. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. And Michael. And Nico. And this is Dungeon Talk episode 25. 25. On today's episode, our table topics will.
1: I try to look up Dungeon Talk to see what happens.
2: Hey! <laughs> 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 Hey, what's up? This is Evan. And Michael.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. I got it. Sorry.